Hello, and welcome to the podcast of Emmanuel Assemblies of God in Knoxville, Tennessee. We're so glad you've taken the time to listen. If you're ever in our area, we invite you to join us for one of our worship services. For times and locations, please visit at EmmanuelAG.com. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Emmanuel Assembly of God's online service. And uh, I can't quite read who's checking in from over there. So Rin Kim's got it. Uh, who who have we got with us so far? Catherine, Jay, and Don. Carolyn, did you guys have a good Christmas? I tell you, we had the, that snow was the most beautiful snow, and. Uh, you probably couldn't ask for a more pretty Christmas snow. You're going to have to scoot over a little because our camera's not as wide as it was when we tried. It's just our heads. <laughs> um, it was such a beautiful snow. And um, I know a lot of people this Christmas, they're quarantined uh, for maybe, I know some people are actually going through the COVID. Uh, and some of you are um, just quarantined. And I know that. Let me just say it like this in the most positive way I can. 2020 will definitely be a Christmas to remember. Absolutely. It will be a, 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 we had a record, I think, record temperatures, record cold for Knoxville for this Christmas. And uh, I don't know if it was record snowfall for Christmas or not, but the fact that it came in so fast, I wasn't, hadn't been watching the weather. I wasn't expecting it. I came home from work and we were going to church for our Christmas, our Christmas Eve service. And the roads just got worse and worse and worse. Oh, good. I could see us over there. The roads got worse and worse and worse. And we were actually... Uh, at the church at 5.30 when the power went out. And uh, some of you saw the Facebook post, the huge tree fell across the line right right next to the driveway there. And uh, last I checked this, this morning, they still have no estimate of when that will be repaired. So uh, it uh, came out of nowhere. <laughs> but here we are. We get to be live through this. So excited to, to have you guys together. So how'd you do for Christmas? Enjoyed the snow. Did you enjoy the snow? Did you get lots of gifts? <laughs> did you get the gifts that you wanted? Uh, I was thinking to, I did. you got what you wanted. We got to spend some time with some family and that was really nice. We, um, I was thinking, you know, with the Christmas season and, and, uh, you know, maybe, maybe it's because it was, uh, just the Christmas season, we're reading the gospel stories, or it could be because I started the, uh, I'd already worked through most of the 21 days of uh, prayer and feasting, we're calling it. It's our Bible reading um, program that hopefully we can all start the first Sunday of, um, first the first Sunday of January. And I'm calling it 21 days of prayer and feasting because, you know, a lot of churches, and we've done it too, we've called it 21 days of prayer and fasting. And this is not to replace fasting if that's something you do for the first part of the year, for sure. But I'm calling it 21 days of prayer and feasting because we're speaking of feasting on the Word of God. And what we have is a three-week program that takes us through Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and Acts, also known as New Testament history. And what I did was I just added up all the pages for that rather than trying to do a certain amount of chapters i added up the pages and divided the pages and found the closest chapter so when you're reading say you know matthew you're reading seven chapters the first day but when you get to luke when he has much longer chapters you don't read as many chapters you start with luke with five chapters 
So for me, the the reading, I'm not a super fast reader because my mind starts moving and I get off on tangents and look different things up and, and get distracted. But for me, it took me about 35 minutes, sometimes 40 minutes to read each portion for every day. And if you do that, it will take you through Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and Acts, um, all, all the New Testament history books, the history of the early church and the life of Jesus in three weeks. And so I'm thinking about that. I, like I said, I'd started it already. And the week before Christmas, when I woke up in the morning, I heard, heard this verse, this phrase, the people who walk in darkness will see a great light. And I know that's that's something we say at Christmas time, something I've just read recently. But uh, it was something that for me, uh, a lot of times I will hear God speak to me like that in the mornings when I wake up. I think because my mind is finally settled down where I'm not distracted by everything going on. And I heard it. It was very strong. The people who walk in darkness will see a great light. And so the next day I heard let God invade your life. Like Let that. God invade your life. And so this morning I was thinking of, a, of the verse in John chapter 1. And uh, if you've got your Bibles, go ahead and open them up. We're going to just go through some scriptures today. And we're going to talk about some of this. Um, John chapter 1. And I've got my old-fashioned Bible out because we don't have screens up on the wall. And uh, we're just going to flip with you. It's going to take us a minute. And John chapter 1, it, it starts off, and this was really interesting, Green Kim, because um, I was on your Facebook page trying to get all this set up. And I know this Franklin Graham posted the same verse this morning. Oh, after, I promise it was after I thought of it, I saw Franklin Graham posted it. But um, in the beginning, it says, was the Word. The Word was with God. And the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being by him. And apart from him, nothing came into being that has come into being. And here's the verse. In him was life. And the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness. And the darkness did not comprehend it. What does your Bible say? I'm reading out of the New American Standard. You've got the New... New King, King James, James. Yes. Mm -hmm. the darkness does. You want me to read mm -hmm. from? Verse, read, read that verse five. Verse five, and the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. Same word, comprehend. I've heard translations that said the darkness did not understand it, mm -hmm. or the darkness could not overcome it. Mm -hmm. But the light and the darkness, they they don't blend. The light always overcomes and drives out the darkness, and the darkness yeah. never really knows what's going on. The darkness will always be sub subjugated to, to the light. Mm -hmm. And then the next verse that I thought of this morning just as we opened was um, 1 John 4, 4. And I can quote it because it's what it says is, Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Mm -hmm. And so when you follow God, when you've met Jesus Christ, when you carry this light inside of you, this life that's the light of men, you have something that's in you that's greater than what's going on in the world. And that's good to know because there's a part of me, I know we've got a lot of things going on. And, you know, I'm praying that this coronavirus thing just will run its course and be done or, or whatever. But I'm also feeling at the same time a need to be a little bit aggressive 
toward it because mm -hmm. the Bible talks about pestilences mm -hmm. and famines and hard times that we could actually face on this earth. And while we're living, um, not experiencing them, it's real easy to kind of forget about it and think that's for another country or for a future time that we're not going to have to go through. But when something like this hits this close to home where we're all facing quarantines and, and different things and knowing people who have been sick and many of us even knowing people or at least knowing of people who have actually died from it, it does hit close to home. And you realize we need to be prepared yeah. for this. And But the thing is, the Bible knows, Jesus knows they're coming, and yet he's given us the life. He's yes. given us light. He's given us the greater one on the inside of us. Mm -hmm. So I think I think there's a degree that he does want us to be a little bit aggressive or a lot aggressive towards the things that are coming from the kingdom of darkness. Absolutely. And so let's go ahead and start with a prayer. And then we're going to jump into that that phrase that I heard the other week. The people who walk in darkness will see a great light. Yeah. Father, we love you and we thank you for your word. And we thank you for this time together, and I thank you for those who have joined us online. I know it takes a special effort to, to stay connected in times like this, where we can't be together in person. And I thank you for this time. Lord, I ask that you would bless the ministering of this word and the fellowship of the word, even though it's online rather than in person. There's still a fellowship of the spirit yes. and a fellowship of the word for those of us who are, are part of this group, Lord. And I thank you for that. So, Lord, I ask that you change our minds, change our hearts, change our bodies, and make us like you. Do what only you can do, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. Well, I'm going to start with Isaiah chapter 9, because I know that that verse was quoted in Matthew. And, Erin Kim, if you look up the passage in Matthew, it's actually Matthew chapter 4, verse 12. But before you read it, I'm going to find it in Isaiah. Because one of the things I've been doing lately is whenever whenever there is a um, New Testament quote of an Old Testament passage, I've learned that oftentimes the the writer will have not just the verse he quotes in mind. I'm doing hand motions, but I'm seeing I'm not on the screen. I need to bring it in. <laughs> the uh, Maybe it's good that you can't see me flying and speaking with my hands. Um, but lots of times when the New Testament writer quotes a verse, he has got the whole Old Testament passage in mind. And and so it's worthwhile to go back into the Old Testament and look and read it in its context and see if there's maybe some more information, some more that you can understand about that New Testament context. So I looked up Isaiah 9, where it's quoted, and of course, this is the Christmas chapter. As we go on through Isaiah 9, we see this is a Messianic chapter that... This was fulfilled in Jesus because it gives us the verse for a child will be born to us. A son will be given to us and the government will rest on his shoulders and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. And there will be no end to his kingdom. So this starts off in Isaiah 9 verse 1. But there will be no more gloom for her who was in anguish. In earlier times, he treated this land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali with contempt. But later on, he shall make it glorious. By way of the sea, on the other side of the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people who walk in darkness will see a great light. Those who live in a dark land, the light will shine on them. Now, I'm going to ask Green Kim to read it out of Matthew, because here's my question for you. Do you know... What is the New Testament fulfillment? 
of this specifically. I know Jesus came, Jesus is the light, right? That's the fulfillment. But specifically, what event happened? As many times as I've read it, I've got to admit, I've not seen it like this. What event happened that was the fulfillment of this? So Rinkim's going to read Matthew uh, chapter 4, verse 12. Okay. Now when Jesus heard that John had been put in prison, he departed to Galilee, and leaving Nazareth, he came and dwelt in Capernaum, which is by the sea, in the regions of Zebulun and Naphtali, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, The land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, by the way of the sea beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people who sat in darkness have seen a great light, and upon those who sat in the region and shadow of death, light has dawned. So did you catch it? Yes. Did you catch what had happened? It's one of those little transitional phrases in the Gospels that they use so many times that it's easy just to read over. What Jesus did was hearing that John had been put in prison, put in prison he withdrew into Galilee and he left Nazareth, which was where he was from. And he came and he moved, he basically moved to Capernaum. Jesus moved from Nazareth to Capernaum and that fulfilled this prophecy. Yeah. And a land, people who walk in darkness will see a great light. And this is what fulfilled that prophecy. Jesus moved. And why is that interesting to me? Because I got to thinking, what would happen if Jesus moved to Knoxville? What would happen if he would move here, get a house by the lake? He was by the sea in Capernaum. Get a house by the lake in Knoxville. People that lived in darkness will see light. People who live in the darkness of Knoxville yeah. will see a great light. Yeah. Well, first of all, many would follow him undoubtedly yeah. because he would help people. He would continue his miracle ministry. He would he would bring the gospel. He would bring he would go around just like he did in the Gospels, go around healing all who were oppressed of the devil. He'd be setting people free. He'd be proclaiming deliverance to people. And so many would be following him. And then, of course, because people would be jealous of the crowds, there would be religious leaders who, who would probably call him a heretic mm -hmm. because he didn't keep this right the way they think it should be kept or something. Mm -hmm. So there'd be these Facebook warriors and these... um. YouTube warriors would be doing these things on him, catching him and his words and putting them up online and saying he can't be from God because he doesn't do you choose whatever it'll be. And so he'll have opposition from the religious leaders. And then, you know, anybody who's going to get a really huge crowd like that, the uh, the government's going to be monitoring that, especially today. Uh, anybody who's got a big crowd, the government will be uh, monitoring that. And uh, what I'm trying to say is there would be so many people helped, but there'll also be some division. Mm -hmm. they'll, they'll, some people will choose for him and some people will choose against him. And then if history would play itself out, are we still on? Are you, is that just your phone? We're monitoring here. Okay. Very good. Okay, super. If history would play itself out, what would happen is that eventually those religious leaders would collude with the government and try to silence him because that's exactly what they did to Jesus. And so be a great time of blessing and revival and also a time of some conflict and division too. And uh, I guess I've got good news for you that Jesus wants to invade your life. 
Amen. He wants to live in you and express himself through you the way he did when he walked in Nazareth. And he wants to invade. That was the second part that I heard. Let God invade your life. Jesus moved to Capernaum and he invaded the darkness there. And he has planted us here in the same way he planted Jesus in that space. We are here in this physical town, in this place, in this church, among the people we are among. And we are to shine and let God invade this place through us. So what would happen if he came? How would our lives be different if he was expressing himself fully in the way that he did through Jesus? And it's really why he came. It's really the Pentecostal message that he is his idea. And while there are things that we can do that would resist him, we need to understand that it is his idea. It's his gift. It's what he came to do. I read it just a minute ago. For unto us, a child is born, a son is given. It's the Christmas gift. And so today I want to talk about the Christmas gifts. The Christmas gifts, which includes, see, we're very well versed in it with respect to salvation, but everything we receive from God is by grace. Everything is by grace. And we, what, where we begin in grace, we want to continue in grace to let this light shine through us and be an expression of God to our community. Mm -hmm. So what we're going to do, we're going to go through some of these verses, and I'm going to start with salvation verses because we, we all know them. We've heard them and they're very well established. This won't be new material to you, but we, I think it's something we need to review anyway. But also as we go through, I do want to emphasize the fact that they are a gift, a grace gift. I've heard people who, who emphasize these verses in soul winning and they would come to the point of decision and they would say salvation is a gift. Now, if I wanted to give you this pen, they would say, what would you have to do? You would just simply have to take it. And so if salvation is a gift given to you, what do you have to do to earn it? You simply have to take it, take it, receive it. So Rinkim is going to turn to Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. And I'm going to go to Romans. I'm going to get on the Romans track here. Again, very familiar verses. And as soon as you've got it, Ren Kim, go ahead and read Ephesians 2, okay, starting with verse 8. Mm -hmm. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. So the, the salvation is not of yourselves. Mm -hmm. Or sometimes you can understand that to mean the, the faith that you're given for salvation is not of yourself. It's the gift of of God. So nobody can boast. If I earned it because I did something right or something good, then I have room for boasting. But because it's a gift and it's given to all of us equally, there is no room for boasting. For great by grace you have been saved. Romans 3.10 says, of course you know this, there is none righteous, not even one. See what, what Paul was doing here and what God did and what Paul is explaining is he is shutting the whole world up under sin so that nobody deserves this so that he can then extend grace freely to all. Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Then listen, being justified as a gift by his grace 
through the redemption, which is in Christ Jesus, being justified as a gift. Now, what I want to do, I'm going to talk about the difference between a gift and a reward, because a lot of the things that we've we've made, a lot of the things that God wants to do for us a reward when really in his mind, they're a gift. OK, if I had a, a cookie and I've got some Christmas cookies over there. Um, and I should be I should be eating one for an object lesson. But if I wanted to give my kids a cookie, as just here, here's a cookie, no strings attached. It's a gift. Take the cookie. But if I use the cookie to say, I'll give you this yummy, delicious cookie if you will eat everything on your plate, and then if you'll go clean your room, I'll give you this cookie. See, now it is no longer a gift. Mm -hmm. Now it is a reward, which I use. In my parenting, <laughs> which is absolutely right, is absolutely right to use. But we've the difference is the cookie is the same. But in one aspect, it's given as a gift in the other aspect, it's given as a reward. A reward. Yeah. And some what we have done is we've taken some of the things that God has provided for us as gifts and we have made them rewards. And the thing is, there are rewards. I mean, we I expect to receive a reward in heaven. I really do. There are rewards in the kingdom, but not everything that God has provided comes in those conditions. Some of them are made as free gifts. And salvation right here is the first one. Romans 5.15. Rin Kim's going to read that one. And I'm going to go to Romans 6.23. Romans 5.15. But the free gift is not like the offense. For if by the one man's offense many die... Much more the grace of God and the gift by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, abounded to many. So if you listen to the context of Romans, if you would read the whole chap that whole section in the chapter, they're comparing the death that came through one man's sin, one man's transgression, Adam, comparing that to the free gift that comes through one man's obedience, mm -hmm. Jesus. And he says the gift from Jesus is not like the transgression. It's it's a gift. It's given to us. A gift means you can receive it right where you are. Um, you know, one of the things that some people in their own minds, they feel bad about is I can't come to God because I'm not good enough. I'm not. I do these things. I sin. Mm -hmm. I know in my my guilty conscience can convicts me, condemns me. And what do we say? We say, don't worry about it. Come. What's the phrase? As you are. Just as I am. The Billy Graham song. Just as I am. You come as you are. You don't have to get it all right first. He knows you're not right. That's why he wants to reach you as you are. It's mm -hmm. a gift. You can't earn it. It's not a reward. Mm -hmm. It's provided for through him by grace. Oh, thanks to God. Romans 6.23. You know this one. For the wages of sin is death. But the free gift of God, the free gift of God is eternal life mm -hmm. in Jesus Christ, our Lord. When you see that, that word free gift, and, and she just read it too. It was the, what, what word, how did they say it? Free gift. The free gift. That word is um, the word charis, which is the same word for grace. You could also say the grace gift of God. What is grace? Undeserved favor. You didn't deserve it. You didn't earn it. Salvation is a free gift of God. And so Paul is making this case that that 
salvation cannot be earned. It's not a reward. We are all shut up under sin, undeserving of it. And now God is now offering it to us freely as a gift. So why was this so important to Paul? Listen to how he conducted himself in his ministry in uh, 1 Corinthians. I'm going to read 1 Corinthians 9. And Rinkim is going to go to Matthew chapter 10, verse 7. That would be next to you. So let me grab 1 Corinthians chapter 9. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, starting at verse 15. Listen to this. Paul is saying, I have used none of these things, and I am not writing these things that it may be done so in my case. For it would be better for me to die than have anyone make my boast an empty one. So Paul is boasting in something, and he says, my right to claim this boast is, I would rather die than be denied this boast. So it's a big deal in Paul's mind. He goes on to explain it. For if I preach the gospel, I have nothing to boast of. Okay, well, that's not true for a lot of people. There are a lot of people who boast because they preach the gospel. But Paul says, if I preach, there's no boast in that for me. Why? Because I'm under compulsion. I can't help it. Woe is me if I don't preach the gospel. For if I do this voluntarily, I have a reward. Remember, I said there are rewards. There are rewards. But if against my will, I have a stewardship entrusted to me. I have a stewardship entrusted to me. He says, if I do this voluntarily, I have a reward. But if I do it against my will, not wanting to, I still have to do it because the stewardship has been placed in me and I can't help it. So it's not what he's going to do. He's going to preach the gospel. It's how he's going to do it. That will be determined, determined whether or not he gets the reward. Then he goes on for what then is my reward? And this, this is his reward that when I preach the gospel, I may offer the gospel without charge. So as to make so as not to make full use of my right in the gospel. Paul's boast here that he would rather die than not have is to be able to make the gospel available, proclaim it free of charge. And I think that Paul was not alone here. I think this is the attitude of the all the early disciples for sure. Certainly the twelve who walked with Jesus. Because as Rinkim's going to read, we're going to see what Jesus said. <coughs> Matthew chapter 10, verse 7 and 8. And as you go, preach, saying, The kingdom of God is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. Freely you have received. Now listen to what he's telling them to do. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons, preach the gospel. Freely you have received. What? You've received this stewardship, the same stewardship Paul had to go preach the gospel, to do these things, and to do it, you didn't earn it. You didn't go through, pay some money to go through some prophet school or whatever to, to get the right to do this or a degree that qualified you to do this. What you did was you were with Jesus and you received this, this stewardship from Jesus freely. And he says, I want it to be distributed freely. It was important to Jesus that the demonstration of the kingdom be spread around freely. So those who were ministering it, they received the stewardship without paying for it. 
And those who are receiving the benefit of it, in other words, those who are hearing the gospel, those who are being healed, they were to receive it free of charge. They didn't have to support the evangelist. They didn't have to to um, go go through so much um, school or or uh, join their class or or any of that stuff. They were to receive it without charge. Listen to some of the other translations. This is um, the Kingdom New Testament. As you go, declare publicly that the kingdom of heaven has arrived. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse people with skin diseases, cast out demons. It was all free when you got it. Make sure it's free when you give it. Philip says this, give as you have received without any charge whatever. The New International Reader's Version says, you have received freely, so give freely. Romans 8.32, Rinkim's going to catch that one. And then I'm going to go to 1 Corinthians 4.7, since I'm already in 1 Corinthians. But there are many things in the kingdom that are for us to enjoy freely. Go ahead. He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? If he gave you Jesus as a gift, how will he not also freely give us all, all things? things? Yeah. I don't really know what all things mean. I think probably the limit to a phrase like all things is probably going to be our own imagination. That's so true. Our own faith. Yeah. How far are we willing to believe God? Mm. Yeah, so true. Because I, I have, um, I have, you know, been around fellowshipping with many people. And, you know, some people could not conceive a person living in that kind of house or driving that kind of car. Another person couldn't conceive somebody flying, owning an airplane or something like that. And I'm not trying to just speak of prosperity or anything. I'm not trying to make provision for that. But it's really according to our faith. Yeah. Some people believe that God will heal them. And I mean, we've heard testimonies through Pentecostal history of people growing out limbs and things like that. And then other people are just happy to, you know, their, their faith is, well, God will help me through this. And neither one is wrong because God will meet us at the point of faith. God will meet us. So when he says he'll freely give us all things, I think a lot of that is going to be limited only by our faith in him. Mm-hmm. How far we want to go. And How believe. far we can believe him, mm -hmm. right? So we know that grace is a gift with respect to salvation. But why have we made it so that we have to earn everything else after that? It's something we shouldn't do. Romans, or 1 Corinthians, that's where I am, chapter 4. Uh, now, a little background on the Corinthian church. The Corinthian church was a church that did not come behind in any spiritual gifts in fact it's the only letter in the new testament where paul really systematically <coughs> excuse me explains the spiritual gifts yet at the same time it's the only letter where he attacks them and says you are being carnal you have divisions among you you are carnal you are acting like mere men not like sons of god and it's also the only one where he talks about sin and and it's very bad sin. He says, you guys are doing things that even the pagans don't do and you need to deal with it. So this church, let me, in the most simplest possible way to say it, they were messed up. They were very messed up. Yet they did not come behind in any of the spiritual gifts. The grace gifts were flowing 
in their midst. They had, you know, go through the list, words of wisdom, tongues and interpretation and prophecy, gifts of healing, gifts of gifts of healings, gifts of miracles. These were all being expressed through their church, their messed up church. Why? They were grace gifts. They were grace gifts. But listen to what Paul says when he's correcting them here in 4 verse 7. For who regards you as superior? I guess, you know, when you start flowing in some of these things, you might think you're okay. If God's using you, it's because he gives freely and he loves you and he loves the person you're helping. It's not necessarily an endorsement that you're living the most perfect holy life. That's good to keep in mind because remember, he did use a donkey at one time. And so he can use anybody because these things come as a gift, as a gift. Christmas gifts yeah. for who regards you as superior. Listen, what do you have that you did not receive? But if you did receive it, why do you boast as if you had not received it? What do you have that you didn't receive? All of this stuff that you're doing that makes that's making you superior in your own mind or even being elevated by the people, you received it. What do you have that you did not receive? You've received it as a gift. And if you did, how does it say? If you did receive it, why are you boasting as if you didn't? In other words, why are you boasting as if somehow it was just you earned it or somehow it was just built into who you are? Why are you? It doesn't make you special. It means you've received a gift. Mm -hmm. And that's the attitude we need to have because we've made so many of these things rewards mm -hmm. and they're not, they're grace gifts. We can have them, we can receive them. As easy as we receive salvation, there's the, there's the pen. As easy as we receive salvation, we can receive these grace gifts from the Father. So just a couple more that I wanna go through. Let's see, two more verses here. If uh, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna look at Galatians 3, and Rin Kim, if you'll go to Romans 4, and we're going to wrap it up with this, or begin to wrap it up with this anyway. Um, Galatians. Galatians 3, starting with verse 1. Now again, a little background on Galatians. Gala if you remember, Galatians received the word of God. They came into salvation uh, as grace, as a gift. And then what happened was Jewish Christians who believed in keeping the law came in after Paul and they were evangelizing the Galatians saying, yes, you receive salvation as a gift, but add this to it. So it was yes and add this to it. So yeah, you came in, now you're part of Abraham's family, but now you need to keep the law. Now you need to do this. And Paul, I mean, it's some of the strongest language in Galatians. Listen to what Paul says. You foolish Galatians, okay? This is strong language. Do you remember what Jesus said about the man who calls his brother a fool? If you call your brother a fool, you're in danger of hellfire. He says, you foolish Galatians. So this is very strong. Who has bewitched you before whose eyes Jesus Christ was publicly portrayed as crucified? This is the only thing I want to find out from you. Listen, did you receive the spirit by works of the law or by hearing with faith? See, you can receive the Holy Spirit by hearing with faith. That's how you receive the Holy Spirit. Are you so foolish having begun by the Spirit? Are you now being perfected in the flesh? Did you suffer so many things in vain? If indeed it was in vain, listen, does he then who provides you with the Spirit and works miracles among you, does he do it by the works of the law or by hearing with faith? Does he do it 
because of a reward for law keeping or does he do it because you've heard and you believe and it's a gift through faith if you just think about that think about that passage you just if if you would just go and you'd sit there for 30 minutes and meditate on that it would totally change the way we've been trying to receive things from god because we're so many times we're trying to earn it and God's given it already. Why is it by faith? And why is it by grace? Go ahead and read that chapter out of out of Romans. Is it chapter 4? Four? 4.16. Okay. Therefore, it is of faith that it might be according to grace, so that the promise might be sure to all the seed, not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who are of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. So it is by, say that, what's that word? It is by grace, Grace that it might be by, by through. Okay, sorry. It is of faith. Of faith. Mm -hmm, that it might be according to grace. It is by faith that it might be according to grace. In other words, for the for the expressed purpose that the promise might be available to all. The whole reason he chose to use faith and grace was not to put restrictions on it, but so that this promise could go freely out yeah. to as many people as yeah. possible. Because he could have made it by law keeping. Mm -hmm. He could have made it by pilgrimages to the temple. He could have made it by fasting. Mm -hmm. He could have made it by anything. He's God. He could have done it any way he wanted. But he says there, where's, do you have it marked? It but he says faith. this, but it is of faith that it might be according to grace. Why? So that the promise might be sure to all the seed. And then it says what all the seed is, those who are of the law and those who are of the faith of Abraham. Mm -hmm. That includes all the Jews and all, all who would Jews hear the message, all the non-Jews, all the Gentiles. Mm -hmm. The reason God works through faith and grace is so that we can all receive it. Mm -hmm. There is nobody who cannot exercise faith mm -hmm. and grace and receive from the Lord. Yeah. I would like to add that uh, grace in one of the primary languages that I speak, uh, cookie, means love. It's the same word for love. So grace is love. It is by love. Beautiful. Yeah, beautiful. Beautiful. And the idea is it's not complicated. We put definitions and standards around some of these words, but the whole purpose of God was to make it simple so that we all could receive, so that everyone could receive. So somebody's seeking him. Wisdom is crying out on the street. Uh, even this David in the Old Testament knew, where can I go to flee from your presence? If I rise in the wings of the dawn, you are there. If I go into the depths, you are there. Mm -hmm. He's everywhere. How hard is it to find him? He's everywhere. And by grace and faith, we can all partake mm -hmm. and participate of him through his word and through his promises. Mm -hmm. It's that simple. He said to the Galatians, how did you receive the spirit who works miracles among you? But by hearing and believing, hearing and believing. Mm -hmm. And I want us to come to this place where we hear and believe and we experience the grace of God in such a way. He, when we were at the church on um, Christmas Eve, but right before the power went out, actually right after the power went out, we hung around for about five or ten minutes before we realized it's probably not going to come back on. 
It was snowing so heavily. You walked outside. You felt like you were in a snow globe. I'm not trying to hit you. <laughs> you felt like you were in a snow globe. And I went out with the broom. And I mean, it was thick already. It was several inches on the sidewalk. And I cleared the sidewalk thinking at that point, maybe we would still have service. And I'm telling you what, 10 minutes later, you walk back out there and there was so much snow. It covered the whole ground again. You couldn't even see that I'd swept it. It was just coming down. And I want you to picture that those snowflakes, you walk out there, you're covered in just a moment. That's the grace of God on your life. That's beautiful. That's the grace that we can walk in. Yeah. And I want you to keep that picture. And I want you to turn your situations that you're facing over to God, realizing that you walk in this abundant grace, this abundant gift. And I want to hear starting next week, I want to hear testimonies mm -hmm. of things that God is doing in your life. I think we need to encourage one another with testimonies of things that yeah. God has accomplished where we've looked to God and we've looked to grace and he's come through for us and, and walk this out. Mm -hmm. oh. Mm -hmm. Can I? Yes. Uh, it, it might be repetitive, but mm -hmm. this morning, sure. Uh, I heard the same thing about the snow falling on Christmas Eve. You did. Uh, you know, to share a little we bit didn't, of that. We didn't talk about it. <laughs> uh, so at three thirty, we came to pick you up. Mm -hmm. Me and the kids were just out and about, and we went to pick up BJ. It was on Christmas Eve. Christmas before. Eve day, mm -hmm. yeah. And it was a very busy day, and then we drove home, and all of a sudden, snow started falling, and we saw splatters of snowflakes on the window. And it was the most beautiful thing, and it was very um, special and sentimental. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking about, uh, you know, how chaotic um, year 2020 was for everybody and how special God made Christmas for us. It was like out of the book kind of Christmas, you know, it was beautiful, it was calm, it was quiet, it was peaceful. And that is just uh, one way of God showing us his love, uh, his compassion upon us. And you know what, like BJ said, um, in, uh, the first month of January 2021, we will be encouraging, uh, he will be encouraging you all to share testimonies of all the things, great things that God has done for you. And even little uh, things that God has done. Oh, it's yeah. all grace. Yeah. And if we can receive little things, yeah. we can receive great things. Right. And, uh, you know, the media and everybody around you tell you how awful 2020 was but we know that God is working mm -hmm. uh, behind the scenes and blessing you and giving you things that you might not have had any chance of receiving it any other year you know mm -hmm. so we want to hear stories like that and we have our own stories to tell about all the wonderful things and doors that God has opened in 2020 to do uh damages to, for the kingdom of God and so damages to the Meaning. kingdom of Satan, <laughs> yeah, for the for kingdom, the kingdom of, God. of God. That's what I mean. And so in um, and 2021, I'm telling you, will be, if 2020 was good for you, it will be even greater. It will be the year of double portion. We will be receiving double of everything. You know, if you were healed, you'll be even walking in healing and, uh, and health. You know, if you were prosperous, you'll be even more prosperous, you know, in 2021. I, I do believe that um, I do believe that God is wanting to do these things. And yes. and in 
the verse I had to start off, it said, the people who walk in darkness will see a great light. And we are that light. When, again, one more church story. When I was at the church and the power went out, uh, it got dark very quickly on us as the snow was falling. It got dark early. And I went back in to um, just make sure I had everything. We had turned the lights on and that type of stuff. So I was making sure I turned everything off. And uh, I... Uh, it was getting dark. I couldn't see. So I took the, well, I'm not going to grab, well, here, I took my phone and I used the, you know, the little tiny LED uh, flashlight on the phone, turned that on. It lit up the whole room. The darkness could not overcome it. And the darker it is in a place like that, you know, the brighter that a, a little tiny light like that will shine. And see, darkness cannot overcome the light. No. In him was life, and that life was the light of man. The darkness has not understood it, has not overcome it. It cannot overcome. It's impossible. You know, no matter how dark it is, you can go in one of those dark caves where there is zero light and light a match, and everybody will see that light, and it'll just light up the room. So if the light, if there's no chance for the darkness to come out the light, what does the devil come after? He doesn't want you to ever let that light shine. He doesn't ever want you to turn it on. He has to stop it there. He, he doesn't want you, you to let it out. He wants to shut you up. He yeah. wants you to push that light down. Yeah. He wants to think you don't deserve these grace things. He wants to block you on wants... Facebook, on YouTube, <laughs> yeah, which he has done to many preachers. Mm -hmm. He wants to restrict these things. He doesn't, because once the truth gets out and the light is shining and demonstrated, he has no hope against it. Mm -hmm. And so what a tragedy to think we have to go through a certain amount of a bunch of jump through a bunch of hoops to allow this grace gift that's in us out. What we need to do is we need to let this Holy Spirit out. Do you know how you receive the Holy Spirit? It says here, suppose one of you fathers is asked by his son for a fish. He will not give him a snake instead of a fish, will he? Or if he is asked for an egg, will he give him a scorpion? Will he? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them who ask him? How much more will your Father give the Holy Spirit? The baptism in the Holy Spirit, you know, a lot of times we, we deal with salvation and we emphasize it's a gift, it's grace, and, and we get people saved and made right with God, and that's awesome. But if you if you stop there, you don't experience the fullness of everything God has. There is a life on this side of the cross where the Holy Spirit comes into you and baptizes you mm -hmm. and 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 um, is a life of constant connection with the Father. Yeah. And that's a life of grace. Mm -hmm. And that's the life that I want us to walk in together. Yeah. Now, you need to experience it to know how awesome it is. Mm -hmm. Unless you experience it, it is hard to understand or comprehend it, no matter how many times you hear explanations about it. But there is there is a life of, of constant contact with God and a life of walking in grace and walking in these things as a gift. He told the... Um, he told the... Uh, uh, he told the Roman, uh, Romans... Paul said in Romans, if God gave us his son, will he not also give us, freely give us all things? 
He said to the Corinthians, what do you have that you did not receive? So there's no boasting in this. Mm -hmm. For those who've received this and experienced it, there's no boasting in it. It's a gift. Mm -hmm. He says, the spirit that you've received who works miracles among you. See, the Holy Spirit is miraculous in his nature. Mm -hmm. These things follow the Holy Spirit. Where he is, there's freedom, there's liberty, there's deliverance for the captives, there's recovery of sight. All the things that were in Jesus's ministry, because the Holy Spirit was upon him, he wants to be in our ministry, in our church, in your life as individuals, because the Holy Spirit is in you. And you receive that how? By keeping the law? No, by hearing with faith. And the reason that it's that way is because he made it by grace and faith so that it can be distributed to as many people. And it will be easy to receive, so easy. And so I just want to keep the image of that grace like the snow falling that we walk in and just acknowledge his presence in our lives and in yeah. our week. Yeah. And let's walk that out and let's see what God will do. And let's come back together when we do next year. Mm -hmm. Next year? Is that right? Yeah. That's crazy. Next week is next year. Next week is next year. <laughs> and uh, let's be ready to share testimonies and encourage yes. one another on to good works yes. and walking in this. Yeah. I want to thank you guys for joining us. I know it's probably a little different service than than what what we're used to being on. Definitely different for me. This is this is our first time to be on this side of the yeah. camera. And uh, As camera shy as we are. <laughs> here we go. Yeah. Just get us start talking and we won't shut up. So <laughs> that's okay. But let's pray together and then we'll go ahead and dismiss the service. Mm -hmm. Father God, I thank you for your word. I thank you that it's your precious promises given through your word that allows us, the scriptures say, to be partakers of your nature. Mm -hmm. I know that the whole purpose of what Jesus came to do was not just so that we could go to heaven when we die, but so that we could live here a life connected to you, that we can be in constant connection with the Father. And Lord, I thank you for that. And I thank you that it is ours as a gift. Lord, I pray for everyone here who is part of our church and who is listening online, that you would minister that to them mm -hmm. today yes. and throughout this week, yes. and that you would keep in their hearts and in their mind this constant grace, this constant flowing mm -hmm. that you've provided for your Christmas gift, Lord. Your Christmas mm -hmm. gift is bigger yes. and more comprehensive than we ever even imagined. Yeah. We've not even begun to experience the depths mm -hmm. of what there is available in you through the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. So, Lord, I ask that you take us there. And as a church, Lord, in the weeks to come mm -hmm. and in the months to come, that you take us to this place, Lord, where we are walking in your grace and we are experiencing your grace. And by your grace, we will. We will do these things that only you can do. We mm -hmm. will demonstrate the kingdom because we have freely received. Yes. And we will freely give. Mm -hmm. And Lord, we thank you for what you're doing among us. I bless you. I bless your week. And uh, thank you so much for joining us. And thank you for bearing with us through the, mm -hmm. the technical difficulties. But uh, just know we love you. And uh, we can't wait to be with you again very soon in person. Mm -hmm. Goodbye.